In today's show, we're looking back at the season for the LA Clippers. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look back now at the season for the LA Clippers. A disappointing one in the end, not making the playoffs. Of course, we know the reasons why. If you don't know the reasons why, it's because Paul George missed over half the season. Kawhi Leonard didn't play a second. There's there's your reasons. They are primed, I think, for a pretty big year next year. Um, Recent reports suggesting that the Clippers are frustrated with Kawhi. I don't know if this is just... If it's true, if it's bullshit... I don't know. Oh, they're, they're annoyed that he didn't come back. Like, it's been 10 months since his ACL. Nobody comes back from ten in 10 months from an ACL, basically. So I don't know what sort of expectations that report would suggest the Clippers had on Kawhi, that he would come back at the end of the season. It would have made no sense to do that. Um, so I, I tend to think that's bullshit. But who knows? We know there's been issues with Kawhi in the past with his team. So what did this team look like? 42-40. and 40, They extend their streak to 11 straight winning seasons, the longest in the NBA. They don't have their first round pick. That goes to the Thunder as part of the Paul George deal. So that pick currently is 12. That'll adjust when the lottery's there, but that's totally unprotected. They don't get that one back. They've just got their second rounder, which is pick 43. Tankathon looks at that as J.D. Davison from Alabama. So they're not a a team that's going to be having sensational stuff happening in the draft. they're, They're well over the salary cap. We know that. Um, because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are being paid $42.5 million each for next season. The free agents they need to look at, you've got a $3 million player option for Nick Batum. Batum could have signed anywhere for more money than this last offseason. He didn't, so I'm going to expect he doesn't actually care about the money. I think he's still getting paid by the Hornets, to be honest, and he just wants to be in LA at that sort of role. 33 years of age, I think he'll be back. They've got a $7.5 million Team option on Zubats. They'll bring him back for that. The other one that's interesting there, well, there's a couple of interesting. Bob Covington is an unrestricted free agent. He's 31. He was paid $13 million last year. I think having him on this team, having his bird rights, obviously they wouldn't be able to sign him otherwise, is key. Um, just as a, an option there behind George, Leonard, Morris. Is he better than Morris already? Yes. The answer is clearly yes. It's obviously yes. Um, yeah, he just comes in and plays his 20 minutes, plays good defense. They'll look to bring him back. Rodney Hood's an unrestricted free agent. I wouldn't worry about him. But the other one that's interesting is Hartenstein, who they signed to a minimum, almost didn't make the roster. It was between him and Harry Giles, lol, at the start of the season. But they can't really give him a big deal. So I would be... That makes it all the more important they bring Zubats back. I I would be... If I was an NBA GM, I would be making sure they can't bring Hartenstein back. Two years, 10 million. Three years, 20 million. Anything. Like, you don't want him going back there on a deal that's, you know, for $2 million. Because I think they can only pay him 120% of the salary cap. So you want to make sure... He's only 23, Hartenstein, one of the best rim protectors in the league, one of the best advanced stats players in the league. 
and they won't be able to, under all likelihood, be able to retain him. Amir Coffey's a restricted free agent, as is Xavier Moon. He's a restricted free agent. Not that we care about Moon too much, but Coffey had some moments, and I think they will um, they will bring him back for next season. And uh, yeah, it'll probably be one of those three-year, $9 million deals with a non-guarantee on the third year, something like that. He's not that good, but he is solid enough to have started plenty of games and to have some really strong moments for this team this year. Um, in terms of where they were this year, 24th on offense, 8th on defense. Well, getting Kawhi back in a full season of Paul George is going to bump that offense up to 24th. The fact that they were 8th in defense is really impressive. Again, without Kawhi, they will be much better um, next season. I don't think there's any debate about that. They finished in the 8th spot but lost both the playing games. You'd have to look at them as at least a top 6 seed, probably top 4 seed. Kawhi's going to miss a bunch of time next season. We know that. He's going to sit some back-to-backs recovering from this ACL, probably. Uh, and Paul George will have whatever random injury happens to him, whether it's his shoulder or his knee or his ankle or his foot or his elbow or whatever. There's always something with him. It's never a persistent or consistent area of the body, it doesn't seem. Like the elbow was just a weird injury. But it always seems to be something that is limiting what Paul George does on the court. But maybe Paul George needs to build up his protein levels. And to do that, you got Bilt Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. If I ever meet Paul George, I'll say, Paulie, my guy, are you having your protein bars? Are you getting enough in? He goes, Josh, I don't like them. They just taste disgusting. Paul, I've got the solution for you. I just happened to carry a box of Built Bar in my backpack right here. So why don't you try one? They're the best tasting protein bar ever. They taste just like a candy bar, but they're low in calories. So that's good for you, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it is, Josh. Thanks. Low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs, but high in protein. 17 grams in a bar, just 130 calories. Plus there's their puffs. I just had a puff this morning. It was great. Protein-infused marshmallow. I had the lemon dip cheesecake flavor, but there's a churro flavor in that. There's some sort of apple flavor. And then you've got your traditional flavors like coconut and cookies and cream and raspberry, strawberry, orange, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate. So many great flavors of Built Bar. So head to Built.com. Use the code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. All right, players. Let's look at, let's look at Kawhi Leonard. We have nothing to go on for Kawhi Leonard for this season, obviously, because he just didn't play. Torrey's ACL in the playoffs. I don't think anyone, realistically, and I banged this through absolutely a million times, you should not have expected him to return this regular season. You should not have drafted him in fantasy. There was absolutely no reason to do that. This man has had three top 10 fantasy seasons on a per-game basis in a row. He also hasn't hit 70 games since 2017. He had played 52 last year in a 72-game season, missed 20 games. He was starting to play back-to-backs, and he did ramp his minutes up to a career-high 34. Top 10 player. I don't think there's any way you can draft him in the top 10. You would have to expect 15 games missed minimum. But as more players rest, as injuries pile up around the league, you know, 75 games is a rarity. If someone gets 67, it's almost like, well, that's about average. So that helps players like Kawhi. You'd hope. He is older, of course. He's going to be 31 when the season starts or around the time the season starts. No, he's going to be 31 when the season starts. He's missed a whole year of basketball, but he's going to shoot well from the line. He's going to get steals. He's going to get assists, which have continually increased. And he's going to score well. He's going to be good. It's just mitigating that injury risk or the missed games risk. You know, if he's there at 20, you probably take him. For example, 2021, he missed 20 games, but he was the 20th ranked player on totals. 
The year before that, he missed 25 games. 25 games? Yeah, 25 games. And he was the 10th ranked on totals. The year before that? No, sorry, less than 25. My bad. Because that was the bubble year, wasn't it? The year before that, 22 games, and he was 21st. Like, get 60 games out of him, and he's still a top 25 totals player. That's how good he can be. That's sort of where you want him. Like, if he gets into the third round, then there's value in that. Very interesting to see where he ends up getting drafted. Let's talk about players who played, though. Paul George. Well, he barely played. He's 32 already, George. That's a worry. 31 games, 35 minutes. 24, 7, and 6. Two steals, three threes, 42, and 86. They're really good numbers. He was drafted at 13. He ended up 13th on a per-game basis. Hard to argue with that. And you would think that the shooting, which was quite bad, 47% from two, will improve when he's got better players next to him like Kawhi. That's just enough improvement. He comfortably was the lead, his team's leader in Raptor, comfortably this team's leader in EPM. And I think it still goes under the radar just how impactful he was when he did play. He was very, very good. LeBron, way up the top. In fact, yeah, the very top. Yeah, top on this team on Darko. Darko does use more forward projection stuff. So Kawhi is on that list and Kawhi is projected marginally ahead of Paul George, but they're still absolutely in the elite territory. And George in his on-off stuff was a plus 5.7. Like there's no debating how good he is. The games played, the age is a worry. To me, he's going to be a back-end second round sort of player from here on out with Kawhi back, with the advancing age, with his own injury risks. I don't want to take him end of the first, start of the second, as good as he can be. Although I do expect, look, there is a real chance that he's the 10th best player per game next season because that field goal percentage increases. I still wouldn't want to take him in that area though. Let's talk about, the, they had Paul George, 13th ranked player. Actually, where was he in points leagues? 14th. And then after that for category leagues, they had two other top 100 players and those two top 100 players didn't play for them for most of the season. At number 85, was Bob Covington. Somehow he made the top 100. He stunk in Portland for a big chunk of the season and then really came on early, went to LA and played a limited role, but still put up good numbers. And we all know what it's about with Covington. He averaged eight points a game, two threes, one assist, but five boards, one and a half steals, 1.3 blocks. He shot 42 from the field. That's not good. 38 from three. So many of his shots come from three, though. It's, again, another reason we shouldn't have field goal percentage as a fantasy category. It should be E-field goal percentage because he still was you know, relatively efficient. What was his true shooting? 57, better than Paul George's. Um, but it's all about steals and blocks with threes. That, that's, that's what he does. It will never change. He's much worse in points leagues, 136 there. I worry that the 27 minutes a night that he played this year just isn't realistic for next season. George Leonard Morris... If he stays in LA, like he just will play 21, 22 a night, making him a specialist streamer versus a must roster player. Impact wise, defensively still gets loved. Still a lot of love there. Plus 2.7 on Raptor. That's the second highest behind Paul George. Yeah, plus 2.4 EPM. That's 96th percentile in the league. E field goal percentage is well above average, 55%. So he just does what he needs to do. And it's very well defined and, and that's fine. Another huge LeBron year in defense. And overall, LeBron is pretty good. Darko loves him. And he's just sort of staying solid in that area at a plus two, which is a, a massive number. He's just very impactful. Plus 11.5 on off for his time with the Clippers. Huge. 
But we look at the 27 minutes and I'd have to lop six off that. And that's going to make it really tough to have him as a draftable guy. We know that on ESPN, he'll have an ADP of like 280. And on Yahoo, it'll probably go too high because people will overrate the fact that he doesn't get turnovers. <clears throat> and he might average he might average six points a game next year. He might go six and four with a steal and a block. That's Nerland's Noel territory. That's what I worry for in terms of where his value sits. <clears throat> I also don't know really what to make of Storm and Norman Powell. They're other top 100 player. 90th ranked player this season. 96th in points leagues. But largely because of his time in Portland. Because he came to the Clippers, played, what, two games, and then broke his foot. And then came back and played another three games or so. He barely played for the Clippers. In fact, how many minutes did he actually end up playing for them? Um... If I can scroll the way down here to find his minutes, would he play like 125 minutes? Like it's not it's not much. So, how does his role? He was a negative 6.2 for the Clippers. Low low volume, obviously. What does his role look like? He averaged 19, three and two, 46 and 81 as he's shooting, 42% from three. He's hyper efficient, 62 shooting, unbelievably efficient. But when you don't get rebounds, you don't get assists, you don't get steals, you don't get blocks, you might play 32 minutes. In fact, he probably will. Jackson, well, actually, maybe he won't. But you could go Jackson, Powell, George, Leonard. Or you could go Jackson, George, Leonard, Morris. I know who's a better player between Norm Powell and Marcus Morris, but I'm not making the rotation. So he might play 30 minutes again. But will he maintain that efficiency? And that usage, and when you lack in so many other areas, I just think the top 100 is a hard, hard area for me to expect. Defensively, he he sucked. Like his defensive metrics were terrible. Some of that is the Clippers ecosystem for sure, but all metrics hated him defensively through the year. Um, I'm just going, trying to find where he is on LeBron, but he he sucked on most of these metrics. Yeah, even on LeBron, he was a gigantic, gigantic negative defensively. Offensively, he was really strong. But in large part, that is due to that level of efficiency and scoring volume. And I just don't know that that's real. He's 29. So he's fine. He's in his prime. He's going to be massive on this team in terms of how important it is to have him there. But when George and Leonard, and if they start Jackson and Morris, those guys are going to take lots of shots as well. Where where does he fit in the pecking order? Can he get to twenty usage? I I am pretty skeptical. Can he maintain that crazy level of shooting that he had? That's the concern as well. He hit forty six percent from mid range. It's a high number. Forty two percent from three. It's a high number. He shit us at the rim. He needs to. So he's room to improve there. But outside of elite scoring and good usage which can easily both drop off, he offers nothing. And that is going to lead me to think I would not want to touch him in the top 100, probably not top 120, personally. Not interested in that at all. But I am interested in telling you about betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info, for all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including the basketball playoffs, which you won't be able to bet on the Clippers there because they didn't make it, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Also got the hockey playoffs as well. Are the Flyers even in? I don't even know. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. 
Who do we look at next? Zubats, 108th ranked player. He's just turned 25. 24 minutes, 10 and 8, one block. Why is he ranked so highly? 108th. Well, in points leagues, he's 118th, so a little bit down. The reason is 62% from the field, 63% in fact, and 73 from the line. So a big field goal percentage positive and not a big negative in free throws. And he's also a really strong rebounder with eight and a half. Everything else, not particularly good. And the upside for him, I think, is fairly low. And especially in a situation where you get Kawhi back, his usage of 17 probably drops, 15, 14. So those 10 points maybe become eight points. And therefore, that impacts your field goal impact. Instead of six and a half field goal attempts, maybe it's five field goal attempts per game. And the 63% still good. But the impact that it has on lower volume is not, not quite there. He was pretty solid defensively. He had some moments offensively. But like so much of this rotation, the inconsistencies killed him. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 17, 18, 17, 21, 21, 17, 35, 32, 17, 19. Like, how could you trust any of that shit? It was the same goes for his backup. He played 26, 26, 26, 7, 18, 7, 18, 26. The rotation made no sense. And I don't really think it's going to... Look, next season, it might be better for him because Hartenstein will be gone and he'll have to play 30 minutes. But with the return of Kawhi, there'll be more Morris at center, Covington at center, Batum at center. So maybe he doesn't play more minutes. Maybe the way they fit those wings in and Kawhi in is just by making Covington a full-time center. Maybe they just go small all the way. That's possible. Advanced stats are pretty big on Covington. Uh, Covington on Zubats. They're big on Covington too, but on Zubats. Um, Covington was 96 percentile defensively. Didn't actually talk much about his advanced stats, but they are all pretty strong. Zubats is uh, strong as well. Not as high as his backup, but they're pretty strong. Good defense, solid offense. 65% around the rim. 66, sorry, around the rim. Excellent rebounding numbers. Like he's a solid, solid center. But I'm just not sure that the volume in what he does will translate across to fantasy. Reggie Jackson, 137th ranked player. You needed to punt field goals hard. He shot 39% from the field. 17, three and a half and five are okay counting stats. 2.23s, good. Now he's never been a good steals or blocks guy and he wasn't again. 0.7 steals is bad. He was at 85% from the line, but limited attempts. Good scoring, good assists, but it doesn't push you into the top 100 when you're such a massive, massive negative in field goal percentage. You've got to be punting that to take the value there of Reggie Jackson. In points leagues, much better, 95th. He averaged 29 fantasy points. But again, the 28 usage, how can that maintain when Kawhi's there? The answer and a full season of Norman Powell. It can't. So it's going to be really hard to look at Reggie Jackson and go draftable player. Advanced stats don't really like him. He was 10th on this team. Make it in Raptor, make it ninth if we don't include Xavier Moon. His EPM is fine, 71st percentile, that's okay. His LeBron is okay, just a bit below zero. Like he's just fine. Could they do with an upgrade at point guard? Absolutely they could. I don't think he's anywhere near the right fit for what this team needs. He's great when George is out or when Leonard's out and they need someone to ramp up usage. But in terms of a fit with their idealized team, with Powell, Leonard, George, Morris, I don't think he makes any sense at all. I think they should be investigating, looking to trade him. He's got an $11 million sparring contract. That's really cheap. But I think they need a different option in there. I don't think he's going to be remotely close to a 12-team league player 
next season. He'll have moments for sure, but as a draftable guy, I wouldn't have thought so. Speaking of wouldn't have thought so, 32-year-old Marcus Morris, who's going to be 33 at the start of the next season. He played only 54 games. He's got a persistent knee problem. Seems to always flare up. 15 points, two threes, four rebounds. And Marcus Morris, historically, has been a guy who can barely be a top 100 player as long as he gets a lot of minutes and a lot of usage because he gets no steals or blocks. He's a bad rebounder, bad assist player, and can be inefficient. And we saw that again. 15, 4, and 2. 15 is good. 0.5 steals, 0.3 blocks. Never gets him. 43 from the field, horrific. 37% from three is nice, but he needs volume. He, those 29 minutes, I don't see how that repeats. He's 141st this season. He was 125th in points leagues. His advanced stats, his Raptor was the worst on this team. Unless, yeah, non-J scrub, Shemi Ojale division. His um, EPM was low, below league average. His LeBron was terrible, right down the bottom of the list on this team. His Darko is pretty bad, negative 1.6 and falling off a lot. I I wouldn't start him at all if I was this team. It's you know, Powell Leonard George. I don't know what purpose he brings. I think he's highly overrated as a defender. He had a negative 8.3 net rating this season. I think he's highly overrated. He's an inefficient shot chucker who doesn't impact the game enough. And I think there's any way he's remotely draftable. I, I would play him 20 minutes a night if I was Ty Lue. The next guy that I would at least play 20 minutes a night if I was Ty Lue this season is Isaiah Hartenstein who played 18 a night. Still was the 142nd ranked player in fantasy in points leagues 175th. 18 minutes, 68 games. He's just about to turn 24, so he's still pretty young. 8 and 5, 0.7 steals, 1.1 blocks, 63% from the field. 69% from the free throw line. Giggity! He is, I think, really good. I think that he can be a starting center. Is he better than Zubats? I think yes, but he's not going to be on this team next year. So it's very hard for me to know where he goes. Put him in Charlotte. Hey, my recurring segment of let's put a center in Charlotte and see what they do. Put him in Charlotte. That's a top 75 player. He was second on this team in Raptor. Positive offensively, positive defense. One of the best rim protectors in the league. Defends okay in space. Not great, okay. Passes the ball well. Scores well. Scores efficiently. He's just smart. He knows what to do. You're going to be shocked to know. He was second on this team in EPM. 93rd percentile in the NBA. 95th percentile E-field goal percentage. Finishes at the rim. Good rebounder. Good passer. 77th percentile assist percentage. Good shot blocker. 95th percentile. 81st percentile steal numbers. This is what he did back in Germany. This is what he did in the G League. This is what he did in Houston. This is what he did wherever he's been. And I don't know why it's taken this long to, to catch on. Hey, guess who was second on this team in LeBron? Oh, yeah, it was Hartenstein. Guess who's he's fourth in Darko? Equal with Robert Covington for third at a 2.5. 2.5. His impact metrics are unbelievable. Plus 9.9 on off. Now, some of this stuff is because of lower minutes, and it's not just going to become, well, he plays 30, he's an all-star. Those numbers would tell you he's an all-star, right? If they translated that way. It doesn't work that way. But he is very good. I would, at age 24, knowing that he's not going to be stuck on this Clippers team next season, Somebody needs to give him an opportunity. I think there's so massive upside. I know people liked what he did this year. They didn't fully buy in when I was talking about him all season. That, that's, fit. that's fair enough. 
You don't have to always see that. I still will bank on him having some top 100 seasons in the future. And if it clicks, and if the role is there, this is a four or five year run as a top 50 player potential. It needs to find the right spot. And it's probably a 10% chance of getting there and getting to that spot. But I think it's, I think it's possible. And when you're taking flyers on guys in dynasty leagues and maybe not giving up a huge amount, uh, it's, it's a no-brainer to me. Nick Batum, he's 33, played 25 minutes, 8 points, a steal, 0.7 blocks. He had moments of being a 12-team league guy, but he's just not someone that I care about in 12-team leagues. 157th ranked player, points leagues, he's nowhere near at 195th. There's just no upside. Low scoring. Again, the 25 minutes will probably drop to 22. He started a lot more than we thought. He was wildly inconsistent. The rotation was wildly inconsistent. He's he's a better player than Marcus Morris. But one of those guys who gets inflated by steal numbers and low turnovers, which can skew your overall perception of that player. He's good. He's solid. He's not as good as the numbers would suggest, I would say. Pretty strong. Um, advanced numbers for him as well. Like really just, you are a sixth man rotation player. Probably a little bit better than that. Useful enough. Should be playing maybe a little bit more in some situations. But any no ability to really ramp up what he does. And it's just low volume stuff. He was pretty high in Darko this season at the start. And then as the season went on, it dropped off really, really massively. And that's something we have to look when sort of projecting him forward. Is is this decline real and consistent? And at his age, looking at his numbers, you know, eight, four, and one, or eight, four, and two, with two threes, you have to think probably. I like Luke Kennard, but he is 26. He played 27 minutes. He averaged 12 points with three threes. Three rebounds, two assists, never a steals and blocks. Guy can be inefficient. But if this wasn't the season where he could carve out 30 minutes when he was battling with Amir Coffey and Terrence Mann, then it's just not going to happen, I don't think. He's a fantasy player who has appeal at times, but it requires a very specific set of circumstances. I need two usage guys out. I need 33 minutes. I need to have the ball in my hands a lot. And then I best case get to 17, 3, and 4. And there's just too many, I need this, this, this happen. He can't contribute around the edges. He doesn't push for those minutes enough. I think he, look, his advanced numbers are strong. Fourth on this team in Raptor. It's really good. Fifth on this team in EPM with a plus 0.6. But I like those numbers. It doesn't mean his coach does. He'd be a name to watch if he got traded. But with Jackson and Leonard and George and Powell and Morris and Batum and Mann and Coffey, there's just too many names there. For him to be anywhere where I can look at, well, he'll play more than 27 and the 16% usage will bump up. I don't see how we can look at any of that stuff as happening. Even though, again, the impact stuff for him was pretty strong. And most of the time when you see him on the court, there's sometimes there's defensive issues. He wasn't bad in that area. He's a plus seven on-off. But it's about where does the trust, how does the coach trust him? Like Hartenstein, it's probably best case he goes to a different team, but I'm not sure he's actually good enough to form a bigger role. Is there an argument that he's a better player than Norman Powell? A flimsy one. A flimsy one. But if they were played, like if he went to the Clipper, uh, to the Blazers and played the Powell role this season, he could have had similar numbers, I think. He's a very good offensive player that's a little bit underrated defensively. But I just find that him getting the opportunity that he needs to be impactful there is probably not going to come. Terrence Mann, a popular breakout guy. 
didn't really happen, did it? 168th ranked player, and that's with Paul George missing 50 games. 168th, he played 29 minutes, averaged 11 and 5. The insane shooting from the Utah series last year didn't carry over. He ended up shooting 37% from three, 49 and 78 overall. They're not bad numbers. They're just not elite. He didn't do anything else, did he? No steals, no blocks, no assists, low, low, low volume in threes. Points league, he was 161st. And I hardly see how it's going to get better next year. I was never as high on him as others. I, look, he's signed to a pretty interesting contract where he's got 1.9 next year, then 10 and 11 the two years after that. So he's under contract. He's very useful as a rotation piece, but I would never want to rely upon him to play 30 minutes a night. Low usage player who can defend pretty well. He's taking steps forward, but he gets, I think, significantly overrated with some of the production or some of what people think that he is. I think that he's fine. I think that he can be solid. But when you can't push ahead decisively ahead of Jackson or ahead of Canard or ahead of Coffee, and you lose your spot to Coffee, and you, you don't have your starting spot to start the year because of Bledsoe, you're a little bit red flaggy, I think. Let's look at Coffee, who's 25. He played 70 games, 69 games, in fact, 23 minutes, nine points, two re- three rebounds, two assists, 45 and 86. He had some moments for sure, but it was short-lived because it came when a lot of, a lot of guys were out. Was he solid enough playing across the wing and at point guard? Yeah, absolutely, totally fine where you can plug him in and you get decent numbers. Right right above league average, solid numbers. Should be a rotation player. 15% usage is the worry. The true shooting was really high. I'm a little skeptical of that maintaining. He shot 66% at the rim, which is very high. Great free throw shooter, but rebounds low, assists not solid, no defensive stats whatsoever. I think he's just okay. But again, it's on this squad. Where does he fit? It does he need to be on a different team to realize stuff or other guys to move? Probably. And I don't have... He's 248th in fantasy. I don't have huge value long-term. The other guy that I like here, I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Hood or Ojale who end up getting waived. BJ Boston. Second round pick, very late. Pick 50s. Very late pick. Um, but ended up playing a lot. Way more than I expected him to play. I didn't expect that he was going to begin the rotation really at all, but 51 games, 15 minutes, 7 points on 39%, 31% from 3, 43 from 2. And 2 rebounds, 1 assist, nothing particularly special there. The advanced stats are pretty down on him. That's what happens when you're a rookie. It happens often. He struggled a lot. But there were flashes there where I go, oh, you're the 55, 55th pick, and there's enough happening here where I think we've got something maybe in the future. He only played three G League games. He averaged 24 and four, steal on a block. The shooting is still the worry and it's a long way away. But yeah, if I look at Boston or Coffee, it's Boston. If I look at Co- um, Boston or Man, Boston or Canard, there's six years difference between those guys. Would, you know, if I'm investing in the future, then it's Boston. Maybe best case, he becomes Luke Kennard. Best case. I've got a bit of time to find out though. I'm just not ever sure that Kennard or Mann elevates enough. Remember, Mann was like the 46th pick in the draft. It's not like he's some high pedigree player. He just turned it on. And it's just hard to find the opportunity here for BJ. We all love opportunities for BJ. And we'd like more of them. A name to watch without going overboard, I think. 
And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.